This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of the TGT podcast. I'm fingers crossed, hoping that you can see me. I think you can because in the top left hand corner of my screen, it is telling me we've got just over 100 people already tuning in, which is great. So fingers crossed, everybody else is now seeing us. We did, if you're wondering what on earth I'm talking about, try to do this show a second ago, went live for a good five minutes and then realized no one was actually seeing or watching us, uh, which I don't know what happened, but for some reason it wasn't. But uh, yes, today, welcome. Uh, no green screen behind me because, as you you are all very much well aware, it's ridiculously warm and a green screen when it's like this close to you kind of concentrates the heat into a very small area, and I'm just not willing to do that. I don't need to because I'm joined by some really fantastic guests for you today. This is a bit of a TGT slash TGP crossover collaboration podcast with absolutely no hint of revenge in it whatsoever. I'm also joined by three fantastic people. Uh, as it is a very, very hot day, I'm trying to cool us down with the least hot people I know, including my fine self, of course. Let's bring in Andy. How are you doing? You good? You are, are you going to do the whole wedding joke? A, a no, I'm not. Time? I'm actually going to no. bring up the fact that this is a revenge for me. I've been told I wasn't allowed to go on tour with Mike because he has to be the center of attention. So <laughs> I will do every pod that's not our own until he's back in his home. Really? Wow. Okay. Nice. So you're just gonna yeah. you're like a, a podcast squatter at this stage. Like just going around. I would have called it something different that started with a W and ended with <laughs> something else. Uh, but sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. That'll be the less said about that, the better. That's that's that will save for your return on TGP. I'm sure. Let's also bring in Owen. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. I'm jealous watching our our um, leader over there in America at the minute, surrounding himself by people who are much more intelligent, much more knowledgeable, and much more famous than he is. Mm, what a way to yeah. elevate yourself. But uh, yeah, no, he looks like he's having a great time. So, but thanks for having us on, buddy. Oh, absolute pleasure. You know, the greatest thing about this is that despite, as I'm sure a lot of you, and if you aren't already following the Gunas pod on Twitter, make sure you do. And you can see all of Mike's gallivanting around uh, about Baltimore and now Orlando. Is that despite meeting Gilberto Silva and Ray Parler and getting to stand in the same room as the likes of Gabriel Jesus and do all these interviews, interview Matt Turner on the pitch, go to all these games. This will still bother him. This will still make oh. him jealous. <laughs> I cannot wait to screenshot this and say... <laughs> 
<laughs> Despite all of that that he has, even if he wants to grab my colleagues from Football London and put them onto his live podcast in Orlando, this is still going to make him envious. <laughs> and I love that. I absolutely adore that. And speaking of number one mics, let's bring in our third guest of the day. It's Mike Hernandez. How do you mate? You're good? You're well? I'm doing well, man. I heard Mike is going to be the limo driver for Zinchenko back to Orlando where all the team is going. And he's still going to get just driven crazy by this. Even better, I Tom, I even told him I couldn't appear on today's pod. So just to add insult <laughs> oh to injury. Oh, my goodness. I almost feel bad now. This is this feel like it's getting very personal. No doubt. <laughs> but to be fair, I did warn him. I said to him, I said, as soon as he puts up, um, and he claims that it was influenced by alcohol, and I'm not sure I believe him, but as soon as he puts up a video with Kaya, uh, who, of course, those who don't know, is my colleague of Football.London, and he tagged the Arsenal Lounge instead of the Arsenal Way. I was like, "No, nah, you've crossed the line now, son." He, he didn't even. He's like, "Oh no, it was. I was really, it was really hungover." Yeah, sorry, mate. You started a war, and this is this is the return blow. Anyway, we are actually here to talk about Arsenal. Don't worry, you've not fallen into some pit of. Well, you have fallen into some pit of madness, but we are going to be talking about Arsenal. Um, and we kick off with, I think, a good place to start is the reaction to the All or Nothing trailer that that dropped um, just you know a couple of hours ago. I did a breakdown of that on the channel. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. We've broken down it pretty much frame by frame at this point, and we may do something similar as the episodes come out. Andy, I'll start with you. How excited are you for this for this documentary yeah. bonanza? Spoiler alert, we finish fifth. Um, oh. No, I was really excited. What? You know what? I think I sent it in, in, in our WhatsApp group with you. Like, it looks so negative, right? Up until that mm. last, like, five seconds. And um, my biggest takeaway was seeing the emotion of Arteta in that locker room just getting absolutely furious with the players and throwing some stuff. But, you it know. It looks like it was made by Dan Potts. Like. <laughs> it really does. It really could have been. But, no. It, Love and, you, Dan. You know, it, yeah, it, well, I think I know he's excited for it too because he texts about that. But no, it looks it looks awesome. I, I, I seriously cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun, and and hopefully it does unite us going into the season because I do think that we're going to see that shift. You know, post Aubameyang leaving, and I'm really excited for it. If it was made by Dan Potts, I imagine that he would edit it so that when Emery was sacked, he just kind of cuts Emery's face out and puts Arteta's face where Emery's face was. I feel like that's what he would do if he could edit the uh, the documentary. Finish fifth? What is this? Loads of fans just piling in. It would be ridiculous. <laughs> Owen, what are your thoughts on the series? Look, I think, I think the main thing going into this documentary is you have to treat it for what it is. This isn't something that's going to give us insane, controversial exclusives from behind the scenes of stuff that we didn't know was going on. It's simply just going to be an entertainment piece and, uh, you know, a bit of a fawning session for Arsenal fans to sit down and... and, and um, We've been rumbled, boys. <laughs> yeah, We've been rumbled. Yeah. Living for it, man. That's a, a, I never, never normally look at my phone during um, podcast, but I had to check our WhatsApp group just to see what was kicking off in there. I'm pretty sure there's going to be some insults being thrown at us. Um, Hi, boss. <laughs> but, but yeah, look, it's a peek behind the curtain in terms of the relationships that the players have with each other, the relationships that the staff have with each other. And the thing that I'm probably most excited about seeing is something that I think we can all agree on that happened last season was a complete change in how the fans relate to the club between the start of the season and the end of the season. You know, a lot of fans would say that they fell back in love with the club. Uh, And for me, I'm looking forward to seeing did that dynamic 
uh, change behind the scenes too. What was the contrast between the start of the season when there was st still some problematic players there and the end of the season when seemingly everything has started gelling together. So treat it for what it is and, and, and enjoy it. Mm, absolutely. Just just to welcome uh, Mike, of course, into the chat box. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing good, Mike. Uh, hope you're enjoying the viewership. What we should say is that whilst this is obviously a petty, childish view that's going on, this is being done uh, in association with Gunas versus Cancer. And uh, you can now permanently find a link to the charity in our link tree in the description. So if you're ever wondering where you need to go to donate to Gunas versus Cancer, just go to the Guna Talk uh, link tree, which is in every single now from this point forward video description and you can go and donate to gvc so if you haven't donated make sure you do there's going to be some fantastic prizes as always going out across uh the gvc platforms and uh this this ain't war it's already over mike it's already over it's done it's done <laughs> speaking of mike's uh hurts how do we feel about this inside look into the club I want to point out a, a comment that says Tom is doing what Arteta is. We're bringing in the Manchester City. I mean, TVP. Yeah, so is, that, yes. that, is, that is exactly what's going on. So I mean, I'll Tom let you gave, all decide who oh, you think who is. <laughs> there you go. Tom gave uh, Ian and I uh, the opportunity, if you will, to podcast initially. So, you know, he brought us over recruiting just players that he knows, if you will. Uh, the podcast, or sorry, the, the documentary has me... Excited. I mean, I like all the drama. I like the back, the behind the scenes things. I, I'm really interested to see the relationship amongst the players themselves, as kind of Owen alluded to. You know, there's a, there's a two second shot of Granite Shaka saying, "Don't worry, I'll take the blame." And so, you know, he's always been a polarizing figure in the Arsenal fan base. So, uh, excited to see what game that was referring to in general. But just seeing how not only just the fans but how the team's going to come together and how they reacted to the stripping and all the players that left in january so interesting to see how that's going to play out and as far as arteta goes i'll be honest for the most part he keeps really chill in in these press conferences so when he was there just screaming and kicking things i that's not what i was expecting to be brutally honest so mm. it was a different side for those of for those fans that claim you know what is he telling them at halftime uh, i guess he's giving them the old ferguson hairdryer treatment it mm. seems because holy crap he he went in hard on some of them i do i do find it slightly amusing that it gave me a chuckle when he said uh i'm i'm sorry that i'm mad at you I would, or something like that i'm only doing yeah. it because he said i'm yeah. sorry i'm so hard or mad at you yeah, i was sorry if i get if i get mad at you like <laughs> Yeah, it was like a fatherly figure amongst all the young players. It was it was kind of charming in its own way. Yeah, it was. Look, I think that yeah, I like that they aren't being afraid to tackle the negativity. They you know, there was clearly, you know, clips of fans in, in throughout the trailers that are yeah, I think there was in the previous trailer there was one fan saying Arteta's got to go. There's a fan in this one saying, mm. you know, this is the worst Arsenal team ever. Um, you know, and I think it was always going to be important to encompass all sides of kind of the viewership of Arsenal in this, because I don't think you can do a behind the scenes of Arsenal without incorporating that fan angle into things. I, I, I did the breakdown, of course, Chunks, who's quite a well-known guy here in the UK in regards to kind of influencers and all that thing. You know, I don't know how much they're going to go into kind of the celeb Arsenal fan culture that's kind of grown over the last five to ten years. 
and it has you know i don't think it's whilst a lot of people don't like it and that's fair enough everyone's started to their opinion you know it's something that you can't really ignore about arsenal these days and certainly from a social and video perspective it's become a big big part of things so how that integrates into the series i'll be intrigued to see as well anyway um that kind of covers the the good intro to the show but the main bulk of this show i wanted to talk about was was arsenal and and transfers i want to get your guys thoughts on alexander zinchenko because uh, he looks to be the next potential arrival coming into the club this summer andy what have you made of, of this bit of business this is pretty much confirmed yeah at this i I love it. I think it's a good price for a Premier League ready player. I think he can walk into our squad. He can push other players. He's he's a he's a winner, right? And for all those uh, supporters at other clubs who say we're just getting their leftovers, I think that's absolutely BS. I think that you know, didn't he like started in the semifinals against Real Madrid? I mean, he's a baller, and I think he's going to improve our team. Um, I'm really really excited about this, and I think we could we got him for really cheap. How much do you think would have been too expensive? Are we talking like Lissandro Martinez level numbers? <laughs> I mean, that's just absurd, and I'm glad we walked away from that. But I think for for him, 40, 45 would have probably been where I could have been like, okay, that's a little high, but still reasonable. Because mm. it wasn't yeah. Martinez like 57? Yeah, Martinez has gone for 60 million euros, but I think it can rise up to close to 70 or something like that. It's ridiculous. Like, it's stupid numbers. Like, And we've managed to get a player who is less of a risk, you know, who doesn't need to transition to the Premier League for half the price. And I mean, United fans have been trying to claim that Martinez turned us down. He didn't. We just didn't go in a match what Ajax wanted. He didn't even have a chance to say no to Arsenal because we, we pulled out of the race pretty darn quick. Uh, Owen. Well, you, know, you Zinch- also think, sorry, oh, sorry just Andy, go on. one more thought. Like, Zinchenko just doesn't necessarily walk into the team, but he walks into the system, right? Because mm. he knows what Arteta's put in place and he kind of knows the map, or at least he should. So I think that makes, you know, it's a huge difference as well because he's not going to have to learn a new manager's ways or expectations. It's, I think it's going to be very similar to what he's used to. It's interesting you say there that he doesn't walk into the team. And I mean, I'll get your thoughts on this because like for me, I think he kind of does. I think I would either start him at left back or where Xhaka is, you know, right now. I would have no issue yeah. seeing him play over either player against Palace on that first Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, for me, and I don't want to over-exaggerate this, I'm just using this player as an example, but for me, it's about the importation of um, mentality for me. And Mikel Arteta, to me, is someone who has a very regimented system and very regimented mindset that he wants his players to operate under. And when you look at somebody like Dennis Bergkamp, when he came in for Arsene Wenger, you, you hear Ian Wright talk about it all the time, is that he was, you know, the, the Tuesday club was still a cultural thing back then and, and the drinking culture was big and the dad, uh, dietary side of football was, was non-existent. But Bergkamp came in and he started sticking to this regime and treating everything as a professional and eventually people were saying, well, why is he so good? And Ian Wright said everything clicked that, Jesus, he's he's so good because he's putting so much effort into this. He's a, a consummate professional. And then everybody started following suit. And for me, I think players like Gabriel Jesus and, and Alexander Zinchenko coming in after working under Pep Guardiola are going to be so regimented, so well-disciplined, operating at the highest standards of football and coming in. And I think that is going to radiate throughout the squad. They are going to be his shining examples of how things are done around here. Um, in terms of whether he walks into the team, I agree with you, Tom, completely. I think people are completely sleeping on how good this guy is. I am an absolute Kieran Tierney adorer. I mm. love the man. He's my favourite player. But 
he's arguably in ahead of Tierney off the bat, in my opinion, in terms of capabilities and form. He gets in ahead of Xhaka. I think in a double pivot in midfield, he, he could play you know, um, as part of a double pivot. He could play in a number 10. And I even think, arguably, he could play as a winger as well. He is so versatile. His football intelligence is absolutely off the charts. Um, <clears throat> and as I said, it's funny how... It's funny how the critics always say, why can't we sign people from winning teams? Why can't we sign players that are operating at the highest level? And suddenly we sign two substantially frequent starters for mm. arguably the best team in Premier League history in some people's minds. Serial winners. And suddenly they're, uh, they're bit part players at a club that didn't want them. It's, it's, it's funny how that, that works. So for me, he was my... Top priority signing once the links were established uh, at the beginning of the summer after Gabriel Jesus. I think he's a Swiss Army knife of a player, and in my opinion, um, if you were to tell me it was 60 million for Martinez or 60 million for Sinchenko, I'd be putting 60 million on Sinchenko. Wow, really? That's uh, a big claim. 100%. 100%. I, just, I think he's got more ability because people are forgetting one thing, one thing that I always talk about, and it's the, the baptism of fire of the Premier League. Uh, Martinez hasn't done that in the Premier League yet. We don't know how he's going to fire out. There's no guarantees with these stats. I always say, uh, when you do your tactical breakdown, Tom, you always throw the stats out. I always say, deduct everything by at least 25%. And that's probably what you're going to look at in the Premier League. Yeah, no, it's not does, him coming in, um, does him coming in move... Uh, uh, Tavares on? Do you think he's got a spot or do you think he's gone? Well, I mean, there was discussions with Marseille going on, but apparently the lot, the kind of the latest on that is that he's not that keen on that loan move. So he, the club are very open to it. You know, I think the Athletic reported way back in the window that if Arsenal secured another left back in in the window, that they would probably be looked to to go on loan. I still think there's a player in Tavares. You know, I I wouldn't rule mm-hmm. out his career at Arsenal at all. I think there's real potential, and I think we saw performances in the first half of the season that people have quickly forgotten um, against Aston Villa and and uh, Newcastle and Leicester and uh, I think Watford as well. You know, these games in the first half of the season he was very good, and I don't see why he should you know just be thrown away because he had a couple of indecent games because. You know, he was called upon in the last few matches of the season when the pressure was really on at a young age and is still learning after being kicked out of the team by Tierney only because of injury eventually getting back into it. Uh, I did ask the question, does Zinchenko start against Crystal Palace either over Xhaka or Tierney? Uh, some mixed responses in the chat box. Uh, Troy's saying no. Uh, Simon says yes, he starts. Hugh says he starts over Xhaka, 100%. Uh, I think there's a, you know quite a lot of mix in here. Jonathan's saying yes, he starts over both uh, in the chat box as well. Uh, Neil says, I'd start, I'd start back at a chips over Xhaka. That's very harsh, Neil. Very harsh indeed. Um, Mike, let's round off this conversation on Zinchenko and get into the juicy potential incomings afterwards. You know, yes. as Owen said about people are sleeping on this guy, they aren't necessarily rating him as highly. One of the big criticisms that we have seen that I have really railed against is this idea that if you're playing for City, you're ev- you can effectively be carried by City. You know that there are you can afford to have a, a player that isn't necessarily up to standard in that team because there's so much quality in it. It doesn't matter, and because he's not been a regular starter at City, he's not necessarily going to be a player that Arsenal are seeing an upgrade in their squad. What would you say to that argument in response? I would say that only a handful of players can actually claim to be permanent starters at City because of the heavy rotation. And if we're talking about 
how we're seeing Gabriel perform in preseason, that hustle, hustle mentality that that Ian Owen, I'm getting you all mixed up now because I, I teased you <laughs> earlier, that Owen alluded to about bringing over a winning mentality. These type of teams in these type of locker rooms, we saw it with their all or nothing. They don't they don't take passengers. That's not their thing. And they're consistently under pressure to perform because if you don't, you get upgraded on. And not only if you don't perform, you could be performing like Gabriel Jesus was doing and then boom, they buy Haaland. So it's when when you're talking about Manchester City, you're talking about pressure, almost like Real Madrid at one point in time where they went through that Galactico phase in the early 2000s where it didn't matter how well you played you would get you would just buy buy a substitute player and say sorry you just got to perform better so the idea that Zinchenko just was there because others made him look good I mean if you look at his stats and everything playing at left back he was converted from midfielder he's versatile he has hustle he works till his feet to the ground so uh, I don't think there's any passengers, period, in Manchester City. It, even if you're a bench player and you're coming in to play the last 15, 20 minutes, if you don't give 110%, I'm sure you're going to hear from Pep at the end of the game and you will not be playing the next game. So uh, just echoing what Owen said is that winning mentality. It's it's no way that he's going to come and and say this is a step down either because I'm pretty sure – He's walking in. He's signing with us. I'm, I'm not going to say exclusively because of Arteta, but similar to the Martinez to Manchester United deal, I, the relationship has to have helped us, right, to, to seal the Zeus, to, to seal the Zincheco. So I wouldn't be worried about it. I think we're going to get a quality left back slash midfielder. I was a little, I'm going to say, slightly concerned going into the transfer market as far as with Zinchenko for buying a midfielder that's a left back or a left back that's a midfielder. But mm. he's played five times more as left back than midfield. So I think that's going to be his role. And then considering that Martinez was being bought to potentially play at left back, uh, going into the palace game as things stand right now, by understanding Tierney is at match fit. So whether you stand here or there regarding whether he's better than Tierney or not, um, there's an argument <laughs> to be made. I would say you could argue that we will see him starting at left back from us because as things stand, uh, I think Tierney played 20 minutes in the preseason, and we haven't seen him since. I just saw that. <laughs> you got your wave, AJ. So there you go. Um, when it, I think what's interesting is like when you're debating or not whether Tierney or Zinchenko starts, that's a good sign. That means you've signed a player that is competing with the existing starts at the club. We want to see that type of thing. But this is not becoming a thing. <laughs> Stop waving at the screen. I'm joking. Um, but yeah, let's let's get on to the juicy stuff um, and, and talk about, you know, potential incomings. You know, both Lucas Paqueta and Tielemans feature on today's thumbnail. And I think they're obviously the main two that are in kind of the spotlight at the moment. Let's just start in general. Um, you know, the question at the moment is, I saw that, the question at the moment is um, around how many more or who do we think will still come in? Andy, are you confident that Arsenal will go for more players after Zinchenko? Or do you think that there is a chance that we might or that potentially a lack of outgoings could prevent us from doing that? Yeah, I was going to say, for us to bring in people, people need to leave. So, uh, you know... For Tillemans to come in, you got to think like Maitland Niles has got to go, Torreira's got to go, maybe even Jaka, which I, I think he's probably the least likely to go. Mm. Um, but yeah, we need to have people coming out. You know, it was funny, like I was debating this with some friends. Like, I, I don't know why Lucas Torreira is so hated on by the Arsenal supporters. 
Like he, he he always did well for us. I don't know why Unai Emery played him as a number ten for so no. <laughs> for so many matches, but no, no. he's a decent player that can that can you know fill in for squad role and um, but no, I, you know it, unless he doesn't want to be here, which that seems more likely. But yeah, I don't think we sign anyone else until we see people leave. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you've got players like Maitland-Niles and Torreira both in as midfield options right now that need to be moved on. You know, the latest information, Owen, is that, you know, I think David Ornstein reported that Tielemans is still very keen and Arsenal seem to be keen, but we probably need to move on those two, particularly Torreira and, and Maitland-Niles before we go. How confident are you that we can move those two players on? Um, I'm pretty confident that we can get them get them moved on it's just it's just a question of whether what we can receive is up to you know the valuation that that the club have on those players um i think that arsenal are still suffering slightly for some of the bad decisions that they've made and the bad treatments of players and stuff that they've done over the past few years but but look in terms of in terms of the Telemans deal, I, this is another one that I absolutely loved. You know, even over Paqueta, I think that uh, Telemans for the price, for the experience of the player, for his quality, I think it's a no-brainer in terms of the money that's being, uh, mm. you know, the figures that are being banded about for him. Uh, I agree. I think that Arsenal maybe have this one on the back burner. I'm not sure whether the, the Zinchenko deal potentially changes the club's mind and potentially changes my mind as well and where the priorities now lie. You know, you look at that wide forward position in terms of, you know, competition backup, whatever you want to call it, for Bukayo Saka. But you have to start looking there and start to think of the calibre caliber of players that you're going to need to bring in um, to, to actually rival Saka. You know, that's a lot of money going to be going out again. So for me, for me, if it was me sitting there making the decisions, I would be looking to bring in Yuri Telemans. You know, you've got uh, Fabio Vieira can play in that wide role, Emile Smith-Rowe. Um, we still don't know the situa- situation with Nicola Pepe. He could potentially pr- play quite a pivotal part in those early Europa League <coughs> and, and early cup competitions, uh, mm. games. So it's up in the air at the minute. That's the great thing about this Sinchenko signing, though, is it throws so much doubt and so much chaos towards the plan of the transfer window for me because, you know, that left back, is he playing left eight? Like, I think he probably will, it, you know... I think we may not see anything happen until deals for those two players in particular, Maitland-Niles and, and Lucas Torreira, go out. But something worries me. I, I just I don't like the feeling of it. You know, uh, if if the deal's there to be done, if the player's waiting, if Leicester's willing to sell, you're opening the door for for other teams to come in and start getting involved. And and for me, that just it's a very naive way to do business. Go slap down the cash, get your player and, and, and lock in the sign and, and just move on. I, I feel like with the wholesale side of things, you know, the balance that we have to strike to appease those that are very critical of our sales and yet also be able to find buyers for these players at certain figures is such an impossible task at times. You know, one of the biggest criticisms of Edu is that he's cancelled too many contracts or we're not getting big enough fees for the players that we're getting rid of. But ultimately, it comes back to that age-old question of how do you sell someone that no one wants? It's really hard to do. And at the moment, we're in a stage of the window where no one really is that keen on players that we're moving on because, one, the quality is questionable for some of them. And two, they're on wages that don't reflect the level of quality that they can give those teams. You know, Nicholas Pepper on £140,000 per week. Alex Runison on £40,000 per week. I mean, that is a joke, quite frankly, that how Alex Runison is on 
that amount of money. That's nearly twice as much as Fabio Vieira is on, by the way. That's the level we're talking about for Alex Runison. It's it's mental what he's on. So it's those blockades that have made these things so tricky. With Runison, I don't have as much sympathy for the club because they obviously signed him and put him on that wage. But there are obviously other players at the club, like Ainsley Maitland-Niles on £50,000 per week as well and has struggled to find his way to, into starts for, for teams in the Premier League or in Serie A. So there is as a balance to the argument. I think that we have a lot of players that are more likely to move at the end of the window, which is why I think it's more likely that we'll see Arsenal's business done if they do any more in August um, is when it's probably going to take place. So you can probably rule out any more business in July. I think it's going to be August when Arsenal make those moves. It could end up being a pretty hectic deadline day for Arsenal still, despite what we've done already, just because of the amount of sales that we've got to do and the likelihood is that they will move towards the end of the window. Mike, let, let's, let's, I mean, let's just briefly touch on, on those outs. We've mentioned Pepe there. We've mentioned um, AC Maitland-Niles, Runison. Pepe in particular, do you think he will move on this summer? And if he does, is it more likely that alone is probably what we'll see? Yes, that's actually what I was going to suggest. I mean, look, players like Leno Torreira, they want to leave the club. They want to play more. And I mean, Torreira just seems it's just uh, maybe a barrier within the language. England's just not getting along. He's just more, he's just used to Italy, used to Spain, potentially because they have his native language over there. But Pepe, what I could see happening is either we're going to have to settle for like 10, 15 mil to try to subsidize his massive wage or we're going to loan him out and pay about half of it. That's all I could see because there's not a lot of suitors seemingly nor in France. I mean, at least at the very least right now from my timeline, nobody's knocking on the door for Pepe. And I, and I do mm. take into consideration that he might not be target number one for, for many clubs that maybe things aren't going the way they want them to go. And they might resort to knocking on our door a little bit later on in the transfer window. But with 140 K, if he's not moving within England, I can't see him being sold to a team abroad. So unfortunately, that's just, as Owen said, where we're at, having given him that big contract when we first brought him in. So, yeah, um, look, man, I'm the same guy that thought Nelson might stick around because we're going to we're going to be in the Europa League. And I, I truly I truly looked at it like that. I, I thought to myself, Nelson might stick around if we don't make Champions League because he's going to be a body that is at the level. And, you know, he went far with was it Feyenoord I believe his last loan mm-hmm. and he did well over there and I'm like yeah he he could he could perform in about 60 70 percent of those games and I could see him being one of those cut players so I wouldn't be surprised if you know if either of them so stayed but to be honest with you I think all of them at, they're at their wits end they don't want to be at the club and I think the only difference between Toreira, Leno and sorry excuse me uh, Pepe is that massive wage so I see a loan and us paying about 50% of his wages and it's going to suck, but he might just be him and Runnerson might be that last pack of really not so mm-hmm. great contracts to say the least. Um, and we're going to go from there uh, as, regarding Tiela's man, just real quick. I'm a big fan of him uh, have been for a few seasons now. So I've always liked them. I would like him to bring in, but I, I still think that potentially the club has a plan. A we, we saw it was within a week or two, after Arsenal just pulled out of the Martinez deals when they figured out how much they wanted. And within a week, we we immediately went back to Zinchenko, somebody that has been floated around earlier in the transfer window when we were talking about Gabriel Jesus. And within a week, Zinchenko's already taken care of. So I think potentially 
the club knows that Taylor Mendes wants to play for Arsenal and they mm-hmm. might potentially explore option A, option B prior to going to them. And I, I know that might sound like a downgrade to some fans. It's not necessarily that, in my opinion. You just can't always have exactly every single player that you want. So I just think potentially it looks like a slam dunk type of deal and maybe the club is exploring other options in midfield prior to going to Leicester City. Yeah, absolutely. I think you summed up really well. And I think that when we've got players of that ilk, yeah, it's, it's just going to be such a fine balance between now and the end of the window. But I do think that Edu will be judged on those outgoings this summer. And I think a lot of people will make a judgment fairly or unfairly. But I think there will be a lot of judgment on Edu about how we deal with these potential outgoings. Um, now, obviously, we started the show late because we had a lot of technical difficulties at the start. And I wanted to, to dominate uh, like a half an hour Q&A session. We're not going to be able to do that today. We're probably going to be about you know, 15, 20 minutes if we're lucky. And so we're going to tackle that now. Just before we do that, there's over a thousand of you guys watching live. So thank you so much for tuning in do drop a like on the video as well and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already but most importantly the link in the description will take you all the way to our link tree page and at the bottom of that you'll find the link to gunas versus cancer please do go and donate if you haven't done so already it's an amazing cause that our good friend mike who couldn't make it today unfortunately um does some brilliant work for so uh, please please do go over and donate if you haven't done so already. Some amazing money has been raised. And if you are in the Orlando area, of course, the Gunas Pod are doing a live show with some fantastic guests. You can find more information out about that on the Gunas Pod Twitter page. So make sure you go there. Let's jump into the chat box uh, and go through some of these questions then. We'll start with a very kind super chat that's coming from Victory, uh, very aptly named, who says, do you guys believe, and this is to Andy, the two strikers can get up to 20 goals this season? And how far do you think we can go in the Europa League? 20 goals each or 20 goals total? I think they mean 20 goals total, which I think Jesus could probably do uh, on his own. <laughs> so. I was about to say, uh, if Jesus doesn't get to that by himself, uh, I'm going to be upset across the entire season, just not in the league. Yeah, I, I do think so. Um, you know, I think it's a good thing for Eddie to get settled into a new contract. Um, but I think Jesus is just going to, I mean, just the, the the couple goals he scored during preseason i know it's preseason but jesus that touch he had for the goal against everton <laughs> was insane <laughs> no yeah. uh yeah i think they'll both get over 20 and then how far do i think we go in europe uh, we've got to at least get to the semifinals right we got to play the kids got to play the the b squad until we get to that the knockouts but i think it's minimum semifinals because at that point then you're yeah, playing but... you who knows who falls down from the champions league I, I, I'd arguably say I think we've got to reach the final, you know, in that competition. Um, I just think that, you know, with the league, it's going to be even more competitive than it was last season. Mm-hmm. Like we all say, look at the business we've done. It's great. But, you know, there are still other teams, you know, there. And and my minimum expectation is, is qualifying for the Champions League next season. We have to progress. You know, we got as close to qualifying for the Champions League as you can without doing it last season. The only step forward from last season is to qualify for the Champions League. So, you know, be it the Europa League, be it um, finishing in the top four, for me, it has to be one of the two. But thank you again, Victory, for the kind donation. I hope that answers your question. Um, Let's go to uh, Puria, who says, uh, Owen, I really like Tillemans, but this lack of interest from all other clubs is a bit worrying for me. Do you know why no one else is approaching him? Um, 
It's it's a strange one. Uh, I'm not too sure. I think it's simply down to the fact that we're still feeling the ramifications of the pandemic. Uh, you know, when you look around the clubs in mainland Europe, some of the the clubs in in you know the Liga and Liga and Serie A, that even some of the bigger sides that that maybe would have been open to taking a player like Yuri Tielemans on are a bit strapped for cash, and they simply don't have. 25 million doesn't sound like a lot of money to us or Premier League team, but but it's pretty big for a lot of those other teams in, in, in the leagues I've just mentioned. So uh, that's a factor. I think another thing as well is that he's a very particular type of player that I think most teams only really have one or two of players of his type of profile and can only afford to have players of the, those types of profiles. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's what it is. It's, it's simply that the market at the minute doesn't have the money to to take somebody like him on and the fact that as well is that it's a very limited market to be buying from too yeah absolutely um i think that man united were and are maybe still having an interest in the player but he's his heart has very been much on arsenal you know it's always been that has been the reported line is that he wants to move and as we discussed earlier i think it's going to be a case about moving on the likes of Torreira and Maitland-Niles probably to be able to get that deal done i don't think Xhaka's presence at the club has anything to do with it necessarily of course if he did move on it would make the deal easier but i do think it's more to do with Maitland-Niles and Torreira than it is Xhaka uh, thank you to Matt Hayhouse for joining up as a brand new member to the podcast i'm sure the chat box is already giving you a fine welcome to the TGT family but thank you for continuing to support the channel. Um, let's go to Mike for the question from C, who says Saka and Smith Rowe were the top scorers with 11 and 10 goals. Jesus will get about 15 and Ketia maybe 10, but we still need more goals or we're going to finish fifth and sixth again. Do you agree? Do you think that we need more goals to be added in the form of transfers or do you think the players that he's mentioned there will either get more or less than he suggested? I think Smith Rowe is a prime candidate to score a little bit more if he plays a little bit more. But if, if we look at Martinelli, his shooting boots were on for the second half of the season. Uh, I can't remember how many he finished with. He, he I know he was six or seven, I think six or seven. So he's a high shooting uh, percenter type of guy. He, he loves himself a shot, but he could be a little bit more accurate. So so can Udegaard, admittedly. I mean, we, we all remember that beautiful goal. He's he scored against Everton at the very last game of the season. But I think there's goals within the club and taking into consideration that our wingers, be it Smith Rowe or Martinelli on the left and Saka on the right, they're going to have to labor a little bit less with the inclusion of Gabriel Jesus because they're no longer going to have to be pushing and pushing to be in the box because now in the box, we actually have a striker that, you know, is able to perform both running back deep, trying to help in, in, repossessing the ball but also getting into the box so i think there's going to be slightly less space in the box but in a good way because jesus will be there and i think he's got he's good for 15 20 goals i do i will agree with the statement in the in the in the comment and what andy said about the 20 goals but i do think that martinelli and smith Rowe are going to include some more goals and I think we'll be fine i'm not too concerned about the midfield option shaka's never been a goal scorer you know uh Sambi is going to come into his own place. So I think we'll be good. Good answer. Good stuff. Uh, I'm going to tackle that question in just a second. First things first, uh, I wanted to touch upon uh Durandi's question uh on twitch you can actually watch us on twitch uh, i'm sure Durandi is one of very few that are there but you can watch us over there he says wouldn't it be helpful to sign someone like 
uh, Noni Madueke, who I believe plays for PSV, uh, which has got an attention of other big sides. Uh, just having a kind of a look at his numbers from last season while Mike was talking there, you know, we've got three goals, three assists in the Eredivisie from 18 games, nine goals and six assists across all competitions. You know, a decent return for a 20-year-old, but I just don't think that's necessarily the smartest type of signing for that right-wing role. You know, if you're going to spend upwards of 20 million on a player, I think it should probably be someone in their prime, not a very similar age to Saka. I don't think that benefits the dynamic as well. That's why I liked Rafinha as a profile, because I think age-wise it was a good kind of foil to Saka and still gave you plenty of goals and, and immediate impact in the squad to rotate if we wanted to. Uh, let's go to uh, Kyle, who's put in a very kind donation, says, do you think we could use Pepe in the Paqueta deal to get the price down? In an ideal world, we'd pay £25 million plus Pepe and save cash for a Sane or a Yuri Tillemans. While Sane is very unrealistic, Tillemans isn't. Andy, what do you think about that one? Yeah, we need to shift Pepe. He was a he was a good thought, but that just didn't work right. I, I would get rid of him as soon as possible. That was easy. Uh, I'll give you another one. <laughs> I was hoping you'd go on a little bit longer. Um, but thank you for the, <laughs> especially for a super chat. But I thank you for the donation, mate. I really appreciate. I it. get I get so much hate in the chat when I go on my anti Pepe rants. I just <laughs> I just don't think he's good. Sorry. <laughs> that's fine Sean thank you for the donation I've assumed that you've clicked the enter button a little bit too quickly so I've followed this up with your question but Andy I'll, I'll ask this to you again um, he's asked me but I'm actually kind of getting your uh, your thoughts on this how much would you react if your black Arsenal shirt goes missing in the post I'd obviously cry but Andy what are your thoughts on the Arsenal away kit for this season I just tried to put an order for me and my son but they're uh, I, I like to order through a local shop back in Wisconsin where I grew up because my friend owns it um I heard that Adidas and Arsenal made a million pounds uh, like the first day it was released, which is like a record or something. I mean, it is. What do the kids say nowadays? Hers, I'd the youngest one on here. They're fire. I, I wouldn't know. Fire, believe yeah. I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest 30 year old that you might know. I'm like 50 chronologically. <laughs> Trust, believe me on this. Here's a question. If uh, let's see how it looks on, on on Feinberg before we make our decision on <laughs> that the barometer of what makes a good shirt, right? Yeah, I, yeah. If it makes if it makes Feinberg look presentable, then we know it's 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 a good one. But no, the, a, it is a really good looking shirt. I'll, I'll it's, a, it's a it's a it's an Arsenal shirt, Andy. It's not Harry Potter's cloak. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna say, coming from somebody that's closet ranges from dark black. To faded black i'm just absolutely buzzing so i i yeah same same with tom so mm -hmm. i can't wait for that i'm actually waiting i was gonna buy gabriel jesus but i'm actually knowing seeing that the zinchenko thing is all heating up i'm getting zinchenko on the back of it so i just nice. kind of have to wait to see what number that is, is it, i'm gonna wear it with my, i'm gonna wear it with my dark blue shorts <laughs> just because well, they know clash with Owen. black I know how much Owen uh, hates people who wear navy and black together. They don't go together. It's I like didn't put you down green. as a fashion of aficionado, Darren, really. I'm <laughs> laughed with the fact that I even know this, but Ray Potter is wearing navy shorts with a black top is absolutely disgusting. Sort yourself out, Ray. <laughs> it, it's black shoes with white socks that I can't stand. 
Yeah, I can't. I, I can't do. What that. about white shoes with black socks? No, same, same. It's a sin. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Deary me. Have to let us know in the chat box. Is black shoes, white socks, or vice versa acceptable? Um, Alvaro dropping in with a response to another super chat with his own super chat and says Medueke came from Spurs' academy. Let's do it just for that. You know, I mean, <laughs> if you're going to sign any Spurs youngster, that's always worth it. For instance. Um, there was a question about Spurs' business, which I know Mike was desperate to answer, but uh, I'm only joking. I'll throw it somewhere else. Uh, Owen, what do you think about Spence moving to Spurs for 20 million? He absolutely pocketed Gabriel Martinelli when we played Forest. Are you worried about this potential signing? Is he the third time lucky for their right back situation? Potentially. Look, I'm not going to lie. From what I have seen from him, he does look quite a good player. But what I will say is that when you listen to any expert opinion or anybody that watches him, you know, over a prolonged period of time they always say that that's the problem that he comes he comes in flashes you know that that he doesn't sustain that type of form and it, it's often in those big cup games when he's got something to prove another thing as well that i didn't really like was that um after the game promotion that the the sort of dig that he had at, was it roy hodge or who was it was it neil warnock or something like that he had a dig at uh, neil warnock yeah 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 he had a dig at so not a very good attitude but one thing i'll say and it's something that harry always says that if this was arsenal doing this business we would be livid we would be fuming you know that we're going through a window at the minute where we're saying gabriel jesus uh, fabio Vieira, who's extremely promising uh, we're looking like saying zinchenko and telemans potentially on the table and yet people are looking at Tottenham and thinking that they're doing absolutely fantastic business. They've got Perisic, who, in my opinion, is completely over the hill. They've got Yves Basuma, who I will admit is a very, very good player. Fraser Foster, Longley as well, arguably the worst centre-half in the league. <laughs> you know that, and, and the thing that Harry always says that resonates with me a lot is that could they have done could they have done these deals without Champions League football? And in my opinion, yes, absolutely they could have pulled off any of these signings without Champions League football. So are they using um, their pull, their Champions League pull that they have, or this Conte pull to the best of their ability? I don't think so. Yeah, they could have done this business in the Conference League. Like it's, They have not utilised their Champions League status at all, and I'm buzzing about it. But <laughs> if, if Arsenal did what Spurs have done this window, you know we would not be pleased. Not only have Man United dropped more than double what we did on Zin, what we are, hopefully, on Zinchenko or Martinez, but Spurs have dropped more than 15 million quid on Richarlison than we did Gabriel Jesus. Like That, I can't get my head around this. It's just... A ridiculous amount of money and he doesn't start for them because of because obviously they have Harry Kane unless they play him in a wide right position which who knows they might do but I know they needed to add depth to that attacking line because without Kane or Son you know it's, things do start to unravel for them up top but I just I just don't think that's smart business at all I really really don't it's, it's classic Conte form you know spend a lot of money on players that are either as you said with Perisic moving past it um, or bring in players that it just doesn't make a lot of sense to bring in and then he'll leave in a year. <laughs> yeah. See, that, that, I, think, I think, and I'm sorry to drag on, but I think that's, that's the right. difference. That, that That's the only one thing that makes me fearful. It isn't the fact that uh, individually, I would say that Perisic, if he had a time machine, I would rate that 100% and, and Basuma, I rate that very highly. But the one thing I'll say that makes me worried is that Antonio Conte is the man behind these signings and he's buying them for a reason. He's a crafty veteran of a manager. And <laughs> if he if he can whip something up in the short term, potentially it could all work out very well. But it's just not very inspiring business from 
the outside looking in. Indeed. I look at it as though they're players that are coming in to fight for their bench. Whereas we have players who are coming in to fight for our starting 11. And that's where we were years ago, right? We had, we were buying players where we're like, well, they don't improve our first 11. Now we have yeah. players that we were discussing before. It's like, you know, there's, there, I just, yeah, it's not, I agree. Conte can do something special, but I think a lot like, uh, Jose, he brings in players that he knows and that he trusts that don't necessarily transform the team. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not too concerned about it at this point. No, uh, we might all be in our words in a few months' time, but who knows? Yeah. We might see. Owen, did you want to jump in? No, no, no. Go on ahead. I, was, I thought you were doing some hand signals. I was trying to work it out. <laughs> I'm a We'll finish today's show with a question for everyone, which we can answer quickly uh, from one of our members, Piyush, who says, uh, coming fourth or winning the Europa League, which looks easier with this squad? Uh, Andy, we'll go with you first, then we'll run around the crew. Europa League. <laughs> no question. Europa League. Owen? Uh, winning the Europa League, 100% level of investment from the likes of Chelsea and stuff as well. It's, uh, nah, it's going to be tough. You're going to break the mold, Mike, or go with the crew? I'm going to go with the crew. I mean, honestly, I wasn't expecting Chelsea to continue their spending habits with the Vramovic. You really not expect it, but I, 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 well, you know, you know what it is is uh, lack of my better judgment. I believe Magic Mike saying that they might fall away in the next couple of years, and I should know better than to listen. To, to Mike. That's why but, he's uh, not here. Yes, absolutely. I actually think, sorry to jump in there, but go, he, go. He, hit, he hit the nail on the head so well there, uh, Feinberg. He never normally says many smart <laughs> things, but unless he's talking about money and finance, but he did he did with this one, which was that that this is a new owner coming in to try and win the fan base over to say, look what I'm going to do. But if it doesn't work out and players start devaluating and Chelsea don't qualify and they start losing money, this guy isn't going to pump the money in like Roman did. And and for me, that it's one of these things that I, I think it was Mike that said that if, if they have one of those seasons again that they finish 10th, it's going to take them years to recover from that because the finance isn't going to be there to pump it back into the club straight away. So For future, so, for future reference, Owen, what I, you want I, to do is just repeat what Mike said but take credit for it. <laughs> that would be a real dagger. Don't do that with everything yeah. he says. You will get yourself yeah. a lot yeah. of said trouble. Much much my, but here's my hope. Matter. My hope is Barcelona dropped down from Champions League and we beat them um, so we could rub salt and uh, send them into administration and, you know, Rahim, you so silly for forcing to move over there. That's my dream scenario. Now, I don't I don't know if this is true, and, and I can't remember hers if you're a Dodgers fan or not. But Yes, yes, sir. Are you? So isn't it the same owner who owns – Chelsea now? Yes, sir. And is it not correct that... Now, I heard this from a friend, so I don't know if it's true or not, so you could correct me. Is it not true that he owns the Dodgers and they pay like a certain tax for overspending on whatever the 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 salary cap is, which if that's the case, then he'll continue to overspend on teams like the LA Lakers, who he owns, as well as Chelsea. So I don't know that the whole Roman leaving is a is a is a stop because doesn't he overpay mm. and then has to pay the tax over here? Yes. The highest one in major league baseball plays luxury tax in order to bring in like any, and he has that habit of uh, Freeman we got from, geez, I forgot where he was, but he was, he's a superstar in another team that just performed great in the last season. And he's like, Oh, you're the best player. Okay. Just come over here now. 
and he just pick pockets yeah. players like that. So yeah, he does have that habit. And Baseball, I, Mike, it's just rounders for grown-ups. It's, it's a throw ball. <laughs> well, I think we're. I, I, I think we're. You've just alienated such a big portion of our US fans. <laughs> I think what I think what hers is saying, and, and it, I think he's saying what we're all thinking is that Feinberg Owen. doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, preach. Mm. Yeah, look, I think they've got in an owner that is trying to make a stamp, as, as we've seen. You know, they've brought in players like Sterling, who I think is a good buy, but there are some strange ones. You know, as soon as Rafinha was linked with us and Barca, they tried to go for him. As soon as uh, oh, there's, a, there's a giant list of players they've tried to go for, that is going to escape my mind now, obviously, but they've ended up going for Koulibaly and dropping 40 million euros on a 31 year old defender. You know, it's there's some strange ones there, some really strange signings, and they've not yet sorted a striker out for the window either. So. We'll There's another one, Tom. Time. There's another one that if we spent 40 plus mil on a 31 year old defender, we would be pissed as a fan base or the majority of the fan base would be very upset. They wouldn't look at it like a veteran is coming in. They would look at it like, holy crap, you're going to give a big contract to somebody that has no resale value. Mm. Yeah, I, I referenced my colleague Bailey, who did a list of all the players they've missed out on. Rafinha, Delict, Neymar, Ronaldo, Jesus and Richarlison have all not gone to Chelsea um, and were beaten by other teams. So we'll see. Yeah, they did indeed. Uh, they tried to hijack the Gabriel Jesus deal at the last minute. Lewandowski is another one as well. They were being talked about with too, and, and that's not happened either. So, you know, the long may continue and, and hopefully Arsenal can take advantage of that this season. We are going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much for so many of you that have tuned in for tonight's show. Apologies for the slight issues at the beginning. It did sort itself out pretty quick and I think we've delivered a fantastic podcast in the wake of that anyway. So thank you for sticking with us and watching us i do want to give a big shout out as well to sophie uh at the hybrid squads we did a classic arsenal youtuber situation where there is just so many arsenal channels out there that you can't help but clash so i do want to send people in her direction i don't know if she's still live but she certainly was live at 8 p.m so do go over to the hybrid squads and go and listen to her interview with aston mack who was obviously involved with uh the kit release and is a brilliant activist over there in the us and i know our boys sitting on the channel here have their connections and have chatted with him as well so he'll uh, be on our pod sure in what, 30 check. minutes there you go Another another plug. So do make sure you, you check out both. You've got double Aston this evening if, if you'd like to go and check that one out. Let's uh, let's thank my panel chat boys. If you could show them some love, I really would appreciate it. Andy, really appreciate your time, my, my friend. As always, always a pleasure to chat and catch up. Do tell people where they can find you and what you're going to reluctantly be up to, I'm sure. Um, I'm going, I'm not on Twitter anymore because it's, uh, it's toxic. Um, and I'm <laughs> going to Mexico you. tomorrow. Nice. Very nice indeed. I hope you have plenty yeah. of... Uh, I, 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 I always... I do this awful, like, stereotypical assumption that all of the Mexican food I hear in the, eat in the UK is the same there. Is it? Is it genuinely just like tacos and burritos and enchiladas and stuff uh, like that? I, you know, not to offend hers here, but pretty much. And I will say it's probably <laughs> my favorite cuisine in the world. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, it is, but, you know, you, you head down to these resorts in like, I mean, it's an hour and a half flight for me and it's, it's pretty much as American as you can get. Right. Mike. I mean, yeah, but there you go. There you go. You, 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 eat a, you eat a lot of the seafood. <laughs> so props to you. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, I was watching a program. It was, um, I mean, who's the guy who does Bake Off? The, the, the gray haired guy. What's his name? Um, who's, what's his name? The Baker. I know you're what's... talking about. Oh, I that's going to annoy me so much. Chatbox is going to be typing it in frantically. This is who it is. I he, did a, he did a show um, where he went to Mexico 
and to try the local delicacies. And they gave him like all these insects, like scorpions and tarantulas, like on guacamole and stuff. Like that. <laughs> um, and then he asked them after, he was like, so is this like becoming a, a real de- delicacy? Paul Hollywood. Thank you, chap. Um, <laughs> and it was like, is this becoming a real delicacy? And the, the guy turned around, he was like, yeah, for the tourists. He's <laughs> like, oh, so it's not yeah. even like a delicacy at all. No. <laughs> he was just being force-fed these scorpions and tarantulas. I oh. haven't been there for over a decade, and even I was like, no, that's not that's not <laughs> yeah. what we eat down there. But I love the fact that they've, they've maybe invented something to fool American or, you know, uh, Western tourists to just go in there and just eat <laughs> awful stuff that's hilarious owen thank you for your time as always my friend tell people they can find you what you're going to be up to pleasure as always thanks for having me buddy and yeah we're as andy said going live in about 30, 25 minutes uh, over on the gunners pod so come over and check us out over there if you haven't seen enough of our ugly mugs and um i was considering apologizing about the baseball camera but there was only one dude got pretty angry at it so <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I underestimated <laughs> or overestimated our baseball supporting uh, yeah, listenership. Yeah. Uh, no, good, no, no. Thanks for having us on. And uh, as always, the chat's been brilliant. Uh, the live chat. Mm, absolutely. Thank you, everybody, joining us in there. And lastly, uh, the number one Mike. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, my friends. Always a pleasure to catch up. Tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to. Uh, Mike Hers FC on Twitter, and I will be showing up at uh, the Gunners podcast sporadically. I also run a podcast called Not Another Arsenal podcast that airs like at one, two o'clock in the morning in the UK. So good luck catching it live. But if you want to drop by and watch one of the reruns, I'd appreciate it. But uh, thanks for having me, man. Uh, considering I get speak, I get spoken to as the number one Mike here. I mean, at the TGB chat, they only call me the thumb- thumbnail boy. They just they just tie me up when they need something. No, so I really it's a B word. It's just not. No, yeah, no, word. no, Andy, I can't I can't tell them what you call me. You know, Andy, oh. I'm gonna get you banned from my country. No more Mexico for you. No, 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 get him trapped there. With the way America's going, Tom, I'll happily stay down there. Yeah, fair yeah, point. Fair wrong. point. You're not wrong. Um, thank you, everybody in the chat box for joining us. Really appreciate your time as always uh, i'll be live tomorrow morning at 8 a.m this was the third show today on the channel in the hottest day in existence um so a like really would go a long way if you want to go and check out our breakdown of the uh the all or nothing trailer it's up there as i've said a number of times these boys are going to be live at half past nine uk time so in 22 minutes on the gunners pod joined by aston mac you can also check out further stuff with over on the hybrid squad with sophie uh, and of course there's plenty more Arsenal channels out there to check out I'll be live tomorrow morning at 8am as usual catching you up on everything Arsenal I won't be live on Thursday morning because I'm doing the late shift tomorrow from 8pm till 4am covering the Orlando City games that's going to be a bit of a killer uh, that said if you are listening and want to get involved in our football.london live blogs I am trying to redo all of the stuff where people send in their videos ahead of games, during games and stuff. So if you want to get involved, all you need to do is tweet a video of your thoughts with the hashtag FLArsenal, and it hopefully will be included in our match day blog, which gets read by hundreds of thousands of people. So do please get involved. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. 
perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.